Y'all, holy smokes, it's been a minute. I am so excited to be back. And honestly, uh, I gotta admit, pretty excited about this episode. Uh, doing it on the concept of sexiness. What is sexy? Uh, it intrigues me to no end, just the idea, because, I mean, it's different to everyone. I mean, the old saying, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. I mean, yeah, it's cliche, but I mean, it's true. And if, if you disagree, I mean, I, I'll direct you to a poem. <clears throat> I don't know if you've heard of it, but it, it's by a good sir from the late 1900. And this particular sonnet changed the collective perspective on beauty. Uh, the elegy I'm referring to, of course, written by the classically trained poet Sir Mixalot, entitled Baby Got Back. Now, this piece broke the mold for what modern society had sculpted. Sir Mixalot cleverly challenged the mainstream by praising women with larger rear ends for their natural beauty. You know, similar to Freddie Mercury crediting fat bottom girls for making the rocking world go round. Sir Mixalot so eloquently put, I ain't talking about Playboy cause silicone for toys. Cosmo calls you fat, but I ain't down with that. Truly a work to behold. <laughs> uh, half joking there, but half serious, as this highlights, uh, you know, the fact that, that people disagree all the time on, on what is, you know, sexy and who is more attractive. Um, I mean, look, hundreds of years ago, skinny, pale, fragile-looking dudes were, were considered sexy because, you know, it showed that that person was wealthy enough to not have to work outdoors or work with his hands. Nowadays, how many 100-pound pale dudes do you see on TV? I mean, you know, besides the Big Bang Theory, there really aren't many. And basically, that skinny fad died out. Uh, and after a while, excess weight was seen as a sign of, you know, fertility for women uh, and as a sign of power for men, as it meant, you know, that that dude had enough food that you wouldn't starve. So that became attractive. So basically, chubby was all the rage due to the simple fact that food was scarce. Uh, then in like the mid 1800s, late-ish 18, you know, whatever, the phase kind of died out and the idea of being in shape uh, started to take root, you know, walking uh, around, bicycling around, you know, especially in, in European countries, but in America as well, it, it, people got in shape just as kind of a, a, a general life thing, but then also became, you know, considered more sexy. So the majority of this episode, I will mostly be talking about like the 1900s to present because it seems like the pendulum has swung towards the idea of being fit and that's kind of where we're at currently so you know that's where i'm going to more or less stay when it comes to the concept of sexiness we disagree uh, a lot i mean you know think about every friend you've ever had dudes disagree on who's more hot and i'm sure girls do too i've just never been privy to those conversations but i mean it goes so far we have competitions for it Every country has its own version of, you know, Miss America or Miss Japan or Miss Mexico or Miss Canada. There's, they're everywhere, literally every country. And then after that, the winners go on to Miss Universe and Miss World. There's even one called Miss Earth, which I've never heard of. And I'll admit, I know nothing about it. But I think it's safe to assume that's the least prestigious of the three. <laughs> no, no offense to any of you out there who might be a Miss Earth contestant. But I mean, come on, you know, you know what you're doing. Also, not just a woman thing. Uh, plenty of dude competitions. There's Mr. Universe, Mr. International, Mr. World. Uh, even one called Manhunt International. Uh, these all happen every year. And if you Google them, uh, specifically if you Google Manhunt International, 
it's basically just Asian men. Which, I mean, look, I don't care at all who you have in your competition. You do whatever you want with your competition. But to call it Manhunt International and then only have Asian dudes feels a lot like how American football claims to be world champions, even though we don't let any other countries play. Uh, just kind of seems a bit redundant. But anyways, we have all kinds of competitions, and they're strictly rating and objectifying both men and women. So, objectively, what makes someone sexy? Is it just physical attractiveness? Is, is, is it more of a mental thing in how one acts? Maybe it's a little of both. Maybe it's Maybelline. I really don't know. So let's get to the bottom of these questions and begin at the beginning. But where do we start? Right here. At Goofy Clown Face. Yeah, that's still here. Merriam-Webster defines sexy as generally attractive or interesting and appealing. Now, this might be a first, uh, possibly ever, but certainly a first that I know of. Uh, I actually think the UrbanDictionary.com has a better definition than the Webster's Dictionary does. Because according, according to the Urban, sexy is defined as, quote, a person that is pleasing to the eyes and is appealing, end quote. Which fits what I'm going for you know, much better. Because you know, in the research for this episode, y'all, I looked at so many tabloid style, you know, clickbait articles, more than I have ever looked at or even want to admit. And even though they're all pretty scattered with relatively random things, you know, stuff like I'm attracted to guys who are rock climbers or, you know, I'm attracted to women who can sing and and other, you know, generic nonsense. There was at least a little bit of overlapping data. Um, And that breaks down into basically two categories or two types of articles, I should say. Uh, One type of article goes straight for the triple X stuff. And it's always the same. Every article, it's redundant. It's just, I want giant blank. Fill in the blank with whatever it is you find attractive. It's always the same. And then the other side, they try to stay relatively PG. And these articles are, you know, they pretty much list the same stuff too. You know, good sense of humor is the most sexy thing. Or I think a man's sexy when he's kind. Or they always, always say intelligence. A woman that's intelligent is a sexy thing. Or a man's fine. The one thing though, that the triple X articles and the PG articles have in common, they all say confidence. Now, confidence can be a physical trait, at least with regards to how someone stands and how they dress, I suppose, and you know, hair and makeup and ha- basically how you present yourself. But humor and kindness and intelligence, these are all mental traits. And you know, look, while they're important uh, in picking a mate and all that, I don't think true sexiness lies in those traits. I do believe it's more how one looks physically. And here's why. According to multiple studies, uh, a CBS.com, a 60 Minutes poll, over half of Americans believe in love at first sight. Uh, Some studies up to 56% of Americans believe in love at first sight. And I know romantic comedies and romance novels and, you know, all the rest. They've glorified this notion of love at first sight. It's, it's, It's a beautiful thing. It's romantic. It that love at first sight is 100% based on physical appearance. I mean, by its own phrasing, it can't be based on anything else. It's, it's literally what looks pleasing to the eye and is appealing. Thank you, UrbanDictionary.com, because I nailed it. Because if, 50, if 56% believe in love at first sight, that just means that we as a society put a gigantic emphasis on physical attractiveness. Because you can't tell kindness or humor, certainly not intelligence. You can't tell that by first sight. You make a judgment call on how they look, and you go forward from there. Match.com 
They, they did a study, and 34% of people claim to have, not just believe in, but 34% of people claim to you know, have experienced love at first sight, which means one in three people. But it, it kind of skews heavily towards gender. It's actually 41% of men and only 29% of women claim to have experienced it, which I got to admit, at least to me, not surprising. I mean, men are just more visual than women. It, it's just a fact. And that might sound ignorant to you, uh, but don't worry because I researched it. Turns out I'm wrong <laughs> uh, yet again. Uh, so seriously, Google it because there are dozens on dozens of peer-reviewed articles and genuine scientific research papers. And the research shows that men aren't, they, they are not more visual than women. It's, it's pretty, much, uh, pretty much even. I mean, depending on who you ask and, and how old the studies are, but modern, it would seem, and I mean, look, take it for what it's worth, Google it yourself, but it would seem that modern-day studies show that it's basically even. Uh, I read a 12-page scientific study called Sex Differences in Response to Visual Sexual Stimuli, a review, written by two PhDs, uh, Heather Roop and Kim Wallen, uh, and basically, the age-old men are more visual was true according to research back in the day. Uh, but this research was, was basically all questions that, uh, that the subject, the person, uh, during you know, being studied, and multiple people, but you know what I mean, the, the, the person in the study had to answer questions out loud. So these tests back in the day, they, they did not account for women being more modest in their self-assessment. Uh, you know, it didn't really, it, it didn't take into account like societal factors that, that make men overinflate their libidos. You know, you know what I mean? The, the paper specifically, this new one, this paper specifically targets the differences regarding, you know, the types of visual stimuli that were used in the older research. Uh, basically, the older studies just had, just showed pictures to men and women and had them self-rate their level of arousal from the visual stimuli. And, you know, no surprise, every dude said he was attracted to every woman. And multiple women, most of them, played shy. I mean, just picture the typical 50s man in your head. Of course, he gets to, think of this, a typical 50s man smoking a cigarette, drinking whiskey in his suit and hat. Now, he gets to go look at naked women, quote, for science. And he gets to either say yes or no to pictures of naked women. Of course he's gonna say yes to everything. Of course, yep, like it, yep, like it, next, yep, like it, next. Like, of, of course, that's how that went. That, that's not science. That's just, that's just dudes. So nowadays, there are better methods to detect levels of you know, arousal and perceived attraction without the subject's ability to influence it. Uh, tests using magnetic brain imaging, tests measuring increases or decreases in blood flow, you know, other stuff that's more scientific than just a person saying, yeah, 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 the whole time. And the results came in basically 50-50. Men and women are equally affected by visual stimuli. Uh, a lot of these studies, doctors nowadays, they have two different categories of pictures and videos that they show. Uh, one category of you know, softer videos that were, you know, taken and directed by women, and a second category of videos that were directed by men that are, uh, <laughs> let's say, uh, more direct, if you know what I mean. Now, the female-directed videos, when the women back in the day, and not even back in the day, I should say, but nowadays, when the women were asked to self-assess, they almost always self-assessed, having liked the softer female-led pictures and videos more, and no surprise, the men self-assessed that they liked the man-made videos. Now, you know, of course they did. But this part surprised me. 
the physical response, blood flow, brain imaging, you know, stuff you can't control, stuff that's saying yes or no, you don't have a choice in this. It's just, it's measuring your reaction. Uh, the physical responses were same, regardless of man or woman watching men or women directed. Now, you know what I mean? It's, it's not necessarily watching a, a dude watching a dude or a woman watching a woman. It is watching what you want to watch as far as your you know, sexual preference. But according to the study, led by women, female subjects kind of experienced guilt or resentment during the man-made videos because they were so you know direct. But they're uncontrollable. Their physical reactions, the blood flow, all that, they pretty much like the category of men's stuff as much as you know, women's stuff, which is honestly surprising. So, I mean, it, deep down, I guess, uh, something in us just just triggers by this stuff that we can't really control. Now, men tended to self-assess liking the man-made stuff more, but they also self-assess that they liked a lot of the women-made stuff. The gap wasn't near as big as the female side. But, I mean, it, essentially, everybody likes everything on a, on a real deep level, on a, just a, you know, a primitive level. But basically, if you see somebody naked, you're going to like it. It's pretty much what the scientific study and multiple ones have proven. Now, I'm not a smart man, so I don't know really what this can be taken or and taken from and what this really goes on to say. But I, I think it's, it's either. It, it's either. It's one or the other. It's either something deep-rooted in the female psyche makes them feel the need to either pretend or maybe they truly are or something deep down makes them feel like they need to be and act more conservative or society is conditioned that way and if that's the case that's pretty shitty but if it is something truly innate i mean look i'm never gonna know because i don't have any idea what's going on you know obviously but what i do know is men go to strip clubs more often than women that's just a fact don't worry, I googled this one, and the data actually supports my ignorant claim this time. Finally got one right! Come on! Here's the data. The six cities in America with the most strip clubs are Dallas, Houston, Atlanta, Vegas, Miami, and Los Angeles. Now, in Dallas, there are 21 strip clubs total. 20 of them where women dance, and only one where men dance. And look, it's Texas. I'm from Texas. Of course, there's not a ton of naked dude clubs, even in Dallas, which is, you know, a bigger city and kind of liberal, but not really. But you know what I mean? It's Texas. Of course not. So let's try the more liberal shitties, huh? Liberal shitties. Vegas has 25 strip clubs, 21 where women dance, and only two where dudes dance. And I, you might be saying, that math doesn't add up. Yeah, there's two clubs that actually have both a, a man dancing and a woman dancing. I'm assuming men and women dancing. But you know what I mean. It's basically 21 to 2 and then 2 that are both. Even Miami. Motherfucking Miami. 18 strip clubs, 14 where women only dance. Like, that's ridiculous. Clearly, dudes... I, <laughs> I don't know why. Maybe we're just stupid. You know, I don't know if it's necessarily we're more visual. I mean, clearly everything I just said doesn't point to that. But maybe women are just, you know, maybe they're just smarter. And they, they don't need to go pay $12 a beer in some shady part of town sitting in a room full of strangers staring at other strangers that are naked. Look, I don't know. Maybe it's social conditioning. Maybe it's not. I'll probably never know. But what types of people? What are these sexy people that we want to be staring at, you know, naked on these stages? So you, right now, you sitting there. What's the sexiest person you can think of? I guarantee you, it's not the same person I'm thinking of. Because the sexiest person I know is me. <laughs> uh, 
for the for those of you uh, that have the volume turned down, I don't know if the mic even picked that up, but <laughs> but uh, my wife is in the background and she's laughing, which is the first time during any of these episodes that she has laughed at anything I've said. So uh, take that for what it's worth. But for sure, though, if you ask 100 people who is the sexiest person ever, you are going to get dozens of different answers. I mean, literally, it's just there's no way that 100 people are going to say the same. To prove this theory. Let's take a look at People Magazine's Sexiest Man Alive. 2018 Sexiest Man Alive, People Magazine, picked Idris Elba, 6'2", 220-pound black guy. In 2017, the year before, Sexiest Man Alive, People Magazine, picked Blake Shelton, 6'4", 200-pound white guy. Year before that, 2016, Sexiest Man Alive, People Magazine, The Rock, 65265, half Polynesian, half Canadian. And the year before that, 2015, they picked David Beckham, 5'11, 170 pound British guy. So, I mean, right away it's obvious that, that, that these men, or that all the men, or whatever that society considers to be sexy, it's a pretty, it's, it's not a strict uh, definition. The, the parameters are pretty fluid, if there are parameters at all. Now, on the other side of this, FHM Magazine does the sexiest woman alive every year. Uh, 2016, Margot Robbie, 5'6 girl, blonde from Australia. Uh, 2013, Mila Kunis, 5'4 Ukrainian brunette. 2007, Jessica Alba, 5'7, half Mexican, half Danish. Uh, Halle Berry, 5'5 black girl from Cleveland. Anna Kornikova, 5'7 white girl from Russia. And 2001, 5'5", five, five, Hispanic, dark-haired, J-Lo woman from New York. Now, you might have noticed I didn't include the weight for the women. Uh, that's because all of them are between 115 and 130 pounds. Literally, every single one of them from 1996 to today is under 130 pounds. Uh, actually, that's all except for one person who came in at a whopping, a massive 134 pounds. Obviously, that's a joke because this list is a joke. Every woman chosen from 1996 to today is within 19 pounds of each other. And every one of them is within four inches in height of each other. Uh, only one outlier there, Gal Gadot. Uh, she's 5'10". But literally besides her and besides that one super fat chick at 134, again, totally kidding. Don't freak out. Totally kidding there. They're all the same. Literally all the women are the same, which is just crazy to me. The shortest winner, uh, you know, because the stretch was literally between 5'7 and 5'3, all of them except for Gal Gadot. The shortest winner, Gillian Anderson in 1996. Coincidentally, the only red, redhead to win this contest in the last 25 years. And I say coincidentally because Gillian is the only redhead on the list and also the only ugly woman on the list. And that's not just to take an easy shot at redheads. My first celebrity crush was a redhead, uh, Jerry Hallowell, a.k.a. Ginger Spice, Babe, the Spice Girls came out when I was in fifth grade, which is perfect timing for an 11-year-old to see the Spice Girls dancing on TV. Whatever my little mind knew about the concept of sexiness, the Spice Girls embodied all of it. Jillian Anderson, however, uh, embodied none of it. She's not sexy at all. She looks like Jerry Hallowell's depressed younger sister, Homeschool Spice. Quick side note, uh, Google this exact phrase when you get a minute. Jillian Anderson, Naked Fish. 
Uh, it'll pull up exactly what you think it is. It's Gillian Anderson with naked fish. <laughs> it's Gillian Anderson. Well, I guess the fish are naked too. It's naked Gillian Anderson with naked fish covering her junk. Uh, apparently there was a, a whole campaign with a bunch of celebrities who got naked and posed with fish covering their junk. Josh Brolin, Sean Penn, Paris Jackson. I mean, literally Google it, man. It's friggin' weird. They, they posed butt-ass naked with dead-ass fish covering their butt-asses. It's, 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 I mean, it's promoting some environmental thing, but it's just bizarre. And, and the point, it just wasn't what I was expecting when I Googled Gillian Anderson. Somehow it popped up and I was stunned. Who, by the way, she's hotter today than she ever was back when she received the awards. Like, I don't know. It, anyways. As you can tell, I reached much further back on the Sexiest Woman Alive list. In fact, I think I left out the couple of years. Anna Kornikova, 2002. Halle Berry, 2003. J-Lo, 2001. Don't know if I said that, but anyways, I had to reach back a long way because the, the Sexiest Man Alive, the most recent ones, happen to be pretty diverse. Uh, however, the female list, the recent ones, not so much. I had to go back, uh, like I said, 2001 to get J-Lo, Halle Berry, and that's pretty much it. That's, that's literally, I mean, Jessica Alba is half Mexican if you want to count that, but she looks pretty white. Point is, it's all white women. Quick rundown of the list. Britney Spears, Kira Knightley, Megan Fox, Mila Kunis, Jennifer Lawrence, Margot Robbie. And in 2017, a girl by the name of Abby Larder. Uh, all of them skinny, skinny white women. But I don't even know who Abby Larder is. So I had to Google her and uh, surprisingly a uh, skinny white chick. So what are we doing? I mean, look, it went so far. In 2007, FHM, same magazine, they declared the most eligible bachelorette to be Kim Stewart. You might be wondering who that is, uh, because who the hell is that? The most eligible bachelorette, 2007, Kim Stewart, Rod Stewart's daughter. Google her. I'll wait. Google her. As long as you're not driving. Google her. You got the pictures up yet? Yeah. Holy shit, she's ugly. She looks like, Kim Stewart looks like if Hillary Swank somehow got Kristen Wiig pregnant and Kristen gave birth to a crack baby with Down syndrome. I can't believe that they called her the most eligible bachelor in 2007. In 2007, Gabrielle Union existed and wasn't married yet. Hell, all of Destiny's Child were still single and millionaires. There were no mention of any of them. And look, I literally say no mention because FHM doesn't just pick the winner each year. They also list the top 10 hottest women each year. And even that has like no black people. Except for Beyonce, one year got like third. But I mean, she's like the female equivalent to Denzel. So of course, of course she's in there. Also, uh, <laughs> for you younger folk, if there's anybody out there that's under, you know, whatever, and you don't know, uh, Denzel Washington in the late 90s was such a popular sexual icon. He could have like, he could have stabbed a priest in broad ass daylight. And if there's a woman on that jury, that dude's getting off. So anyways, back to the point at hand. Rihanna existed in 2007. In 2007, Serena Williams existed. She was a fashion icon. She was worth hundreds of millions of dollars. But no, let's go with Kim Stewart, who isn't an icon of any kind. No one even knows who she was. Hell, she wouldn't have won Miss America back in the 20s. Now, I picked the 20s on purpose because, uh, quick side note, Google Miss America competitions from the 20s. Wow. These women are horrid. I mean, they just, some of them look like they literally are victims of domestic violence and then went on stage at like 30 minutes later. I'm sure dudes in the 20s were ugly too, like, don't get me wrong, but I just, I, you're able to Google pictures of these Miss American competitions. Yikes. But for now, let's circle back. We'll get back to that later. Uh, okay, the sexiest man alive. <clears throat> sexiest man alive is just as racist. I did get kind of lucky that the more recent ones was kind of diverse, but seriously, besides Idris Elba and The Rock, 
The rest are all white dudes, with one exception, uh, Denzel in the 90s, 1996, because he's motherfucking Denzel. Otherwise, it's literally one cracker white dude after another. Adam Levine, Channing Tatum, Tom Cruise, back before he went crazy. Mel Gibson, also back before he went crazy. Yo, they gave Brad Pitt and George Clooney the award twice. Each of them got it two times before they ever gave it to a black guy. Yo, they gave Richard Gere the award. They gave him two. They gave it to him twice. Richard Gere. The second time when he won it was in 1999. He was fucking 50. We're 10 years removed from Pretty Woman. Almost 20 years later. 20 years past Officer and a Gentleman. And he's, he's the best pick. Hit, really? It's 1999. Michael Jordan just finished his second three-peat. Usher was crushing it. He had giant radio hits in the 90s. You remember You Make Me Wanna? You Make Me Wanna and Nice and Slow were massive hits. Y'all remember. You, you get it. Come on. You make me want to lead a one I wear. Start a new relationship with you. That's what you do. You guys know. You, you, you get it. I shouldn't sing. You get it. R. Kelly had just released I Believe I Can Fly. That was the biggest jam going. That was on. It was in Space Jam. And that jam was huge. And also, yeah, now this was, uh, this was before R. Kelly went crazy. Because... Unlike these sexiest people alive lists, going insane isn't racist at all. Crazy affects celebrities of all colors. But still, okay, look, Usher, R. Kelly, Michael goddamn Jordan, all peak prime celebrities, yet People Magazine picked a 50-year-old Richard Gere. What the, what are we, go fuck yourself, People Magazine. You could have gone, seriously, they could have gone with any of the dudes from Belle Biv DeVoe. I mean, those guys were still cashing checks from that smash hit, Poison. You remember that song? That girl is poison. <gasps> poison, poison, All right, sorry, I can stop. But look, honestly, <laughs> even as a straight dude, I can say for certain, those Belle Biv DeVoe dudes, those brothers were ugly as fuck. So anyways, the accidental point I'm making is that these sexiest people alive lists only included white people until, like, now. Also, while we're still on this awkward point of some white dude whistleblowing racism, the Miss America pageant literally had a rule on the books. It was written down, it was on the books, all the way up until 1950. 30 straight years they had a rule that stated, quote, all contestants must be of good health and of the white race, end quote. That rule got removed in 1950, and still there wasn't a black Miss America until 1984. Yowza. So anyways, point I'm going for, at least was trying to go for until I took the uh, weird racist tangent, what are the parameters for modern day sexy? I mean, look, I, I guess the parameters for modern day sexy as defined by Hollywood, I guess, is what I'm kind of saying. But anyways, men can pretty much be anything. Uh, but the women have all basically been the same size. I, I don't get what that is because dudes can basically be whatever. It doesn't matter. Tom Cruise won it. Tom Cruise is 5'7", 170 pounds. The Rock won it. He's 6'5", 265 pounds. He's a fucking foot taller and almost 100 pounds heavier, and both are the sexiest men alive. So what I've found so far is that sexy for women is a much more rigid definition than sexy for men. And best I can tell, we've kept that same definition for women since forever. Marilyn Monroe, born in the mid-20s, 5'5", 125. Audrey Hepburn, born in the late 20s, 5'7", 110. 
Angie Dickinson, born in the early 30s, 5'5", 120. Barbara Eden, you know, I Dream of Jeannie, born in the late 30s, 5'4", 120. All of them exact same size. So as far back as we've been keeping records, the, you know, quote-unquote sexy women have been basically the same size. Even 2,000 years ago, Cleopatra is, you know, look, take it for what it's worth, but she's believed to have been five feet tall, which does seem kind of short, but the worldwide average for female height was a lot shorter back then. It was basically like 5'1". So, I mean, she was within a few inches of average height. Modern-day female height's like 5'4", 5'5"-ish, depending on what you look up. So, I mean, all the women, again, all within a few inches of average height. Everybody's the same. Everybody's more or less average height and pretty skinny. The only thing that has changed, uh, you know, with, with regards to weight, yeah, best I can tell, is the idea of curves on women has fluctuated over the last hundred years or so. And in the early 1900s, super skinny was in. Everybody wanted to be wicked fit, and honestly, we didn't have a ton, ton of food. Yeah, that's the early 1900s. What McDonald's wasn't around, so I mean, everybody was wicked skinny. Then, in the 1930s, the concept of curves started to come, you know, pretty strong. Then in the 60s, the model Twiggy got real popular, and the idea of wicked, I mean, this girl was wicked skinny. I mean, she actually only, she weighed 112 pounds, which is still more than Audrey Hepburn, but, you know, old Twig, she just looked, she looked wicked skinny. If you don't know who she is, Google her too. I mean, she just, even though she wasn't like, you know, malnourished, she was still more, she weighed more than Audrey Hepburn, but she just looked wicked skinny. So, I mean, you know, that, that pendulum swings. But uh, it, it's what I found interesting. Like, I can't even believe this, to be honest. In the 30s, I found this ad, uh, multiple ads, mul- multiple different products. In the 30s, uh, during one of the curvy phases, ads that claimed to be able to help you gain 10 to 15 pounds instantly, and it was marketed to women. There was literally a product called Weight On, and their slogan was, don't let them call you skinny, girls. I, j- just think of that today. Seriously. Hey, ladies, drink this and make sure no one calls you skinny. Like, well, that's, what? you would never be, anyways, the craze back then was to purposefully add weight. Because I, I guess, you know, like I said, we were collectively malnourished. I don't know. But the women in the 30s were trying to get curvier. And if you Google women in the 30s, they are stunning by comparison to the women of the 20s. I can't, like, hammer this point home enough. The 20s women are horrendously Unattractive. I'm not even trying to be mean. I, hopefully I don't offend any women alive today that were in beauty pageants 100 years ago. But the women from the 20s, they seriously look like victims of domestic violence. They, they, look, they don't have any makeup on. They, their hair is disheveled. They make Gillian Anderson look hot. These women, their hair is not even combed. Like I, they, This is somehow peak form of the female beauty quote. And yet the actual winners from the 20s, they wouldn't be allowed on stage today. Which, which is just craziness because that means most likely the winners today, hottest men and women going all that, in like 50 to 80 years, societal norms will have changed and they'll probably be considered ugly. I mean, I'm looking back at these people. These pe- I, there's pictures of these people wearing crowns and sashes that say, you know, Miss whatever or the prettiest whatever or the, you know, some small town that had like most beautiful. These women are being championed as beautiful and they are Dog dirt ugly. So what does that say about us today? It's probably, I'm guessing, probably means in, you know, however many years, we're all going to be considered ugly because, you know, the pendulum swings. So all of this amounts to, I guess, if you want to be considered a sexy woman in Hollywood, there's a mold you have to fill. Sexy men have more leeway, but, I mean, every one of those dudes is in shape. 
from Tom Cruise to The Rock to Denzel, every one of them had abs. So, I mean, there's definitely still a mold, but it's just a bit more fluid. Because, I mean, it, it's like, look, every one of them lifted. Every one, like, none, of them, none of them showed up fat, is what I'm saying. I, just, I guess Hollywood doesn't let you do that. But even that's not fair. Because the list of sexist people, they, all, at least all the women, they had them all like under 130, everybody. But there's plenty of people that weigh more than that that are friggin' hot. Kate Upton's 145. Jennifer Hudson lost a ton of weight. She's like at 160 now. She's still hot. Serena Williams, at one point she was 200 and she was still hot then. So I mean, they're all as hot as anyone. So, I mean, this mold is pointless. So it, is that all that this is? Is, is? is all of these definitions, are they all pointless? Because, I mean, look, every single one of us, in every town that we live in that's not Hollywood, we see sexy people. And they don't necessarily fit these molds. And, look, maybe these people aren't even in peak physical condition. So it, basically it comes down to if you want to be considered sexy, you just have to be better looking than the people around you. You know, it's like that old saying, you don't have to outswim the shark just swim faster than the person next to you because that's kind of what it is. I mean, shit, think about your partner. Think about, you know, your, your wife, your husband, your girlfriend, boyfriend. Did any of them win sexiest person alive? Yet you somehow still find them sexy. We're all wired to want to find someone attractive. That's, that's how our species keeps going overall. So, I mean, basically, a person doesn't have to be the sexiest person of all time. They just have to be better looking than the other people in the club that night. And in 100 years, they're all going to be considered ugly anyways. I mean, at least I think so. What do I know? <laughs> uh, th- this one was a bit different. Uh, I, I don't. The, uh, I'll admit, maybe it was uh, maybe it was enough time off uh, that I kind of got out of the flow, or just that this concept is just more open-ended and bizarre. I didn't really even know where to take it, but a lot of these details I found interesting. Uh, hopefully, you did too. If you made it through thirty plus minutes of this uh, yet again, uh, thanks. Because this was this was just beyond silly. <laughs> I gotta admit, just, just on paper, it's absolutely absurd. But uh, but yeah, thanks for thanks for hanging out, and uh, you know, see you next time.